0: Well, welcome to the ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls, and happy to be once again on the campus at the University of Montana. And this time with senior men's basketball player Jared Samuelson. Jared, thanks so much for being here. How you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Well, we're certainly happy to have you here. This is a, a big week. Portland State coming up Thursday, and then of course Montana State round one on Saturday. And you have such an interesting story to have been at Montana and then gone back to Billings, played a couple years in the NAIA, and now have returned to the University of Montana. But this year, having been back, we'll get into kind of the story of it, but what's this year been like for you to know you kind of got one last shot at playing basketball at the college level and now to be doing it back at the University of Montana, which you knew and now you know again?
1: You know, I'm happy to be ending things off where I started, and it means a lot to me to – be a Montana grizzly and um i'm just i'm just happy to be here i uh, went through a lot of adversity this year you know um dealt with a knee injury early on and then wasn't sure what my role was going to be like but i was going to give it my all and go out with the bang you know this is my last year of college hoops and it means a lot to me to to be a college athlete
2: so i think that We see this all the time. It's one of our favorite parts about covering this stuff is you get guys from all over the country, sometimes all over the world, that come to places like Missoula, places like Bozeman. And it's so cool because you probably would never have met a lot of these guys. And I think that everybody finds their own way of what being a Grizzly means to them. And I I know that everybody on your team has a, a certain love for this place, a distinct love for this place. But as somebody that grew up around the program, it just seems as though your roots are just even deeper and I asked you this after the Idaho game, but I want to ask you again. There was a moment in that game where I think you hit your third straight three, and when you run it back on defense, you could tell you were soaking in the moment. You were you were soaking in you know, the crowd roaring for you. So as a guy whose dad played for the Grizz, and and you've gone on this whole journey to get back to this point, do you ever just take a minute to absorb just what this is like for you and just how special it is?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know find myself doing that you know damn near every day I've wanted to be a Grizz since I was a little kid I grew up watching Grizz football Grizz basketball and you know my dad played here as a Grizz so I watched his highlights a lot when I was a little kid and it was it's been a dream of mine to uh play for the Grizz and you know I'm living this dream so of course I gotta soak in those moments
0: when you uh left and went back to Billings to play basketball and then returned here I mean obviously you've been playing ball so you've been improving but it seems like what you have added to your game both sides of the floor has been significant how much did that time when you were you know playing basketball in the frontier league really improve what you are as a basketball player do you think and is contributing to what you're you're able to accomplish now your senior year you know i think just getting my
1: confidence and just developing as a player overall um you know each year goes by and you just kind of learn a lot more um playing so doing that expanding my game and just trying to be the best player that I can and you know enjoyed my time over at Rocky a lot and you know I think enjoying enjoying the moment every single
0: moment of, of the basketball grind is key to it you were a player of the year at Rocky what what do people not maybe appreciate about the frontier the NAI level of basketball for for people that don't really pay attention to it or cover earn around it
1: Any level of college basketball, you got to
0: appreciate. There's
1: solid players at any college, you know, college level. D three, D two, NAi, D one, of course, and you just got to appreciate being able to play basketball at the next level because not many guys get the opportunity to do that. So when you go against anybody at the college level, you got to be ready to go.
2: What was? What are some of the things you learned during your time away?
1: The biggest thing for me was just getting my confidence. Honestly, Um, you know, that's key for playing basketball it's a lot a lot of a lot of mental stuff you got to be mentally prepped you got to be mentally ready to go confidence was a big thing and then just you know shooting the ball and uh when I got a good shot good look for me just kind of understanding what's a good shot you
2: know whatnot. was this a part of the plan I mean when you were here as a freshman you sure you had flashes and I mean you, you scored some points you, you played I know it was kind of sporadic but you did play minutes in games in league games so what what, was it part of your plan to go back to Billings and then and maybe have a chance to come back here? Or how did the whole process work out?
1: Um, the whole process kind of just unfolded as it was. Um, I can't say I really had aspirations to transfer out of Billings. You know, my next step was just to go to um, Billings, play at Rocky, and have the best career that I could have there. And when the opportunity came about, it was something I couldn't say no to. I wanted to end my career as a Grizz.
0: You know, it's so interesting because a lot of times when kids transfer, it doesn't necessarily have to be something where there's animus between, you know, he and the coaching staff or whatever it might be. But it also, you know, once it seems like sometimes when that door is closed, it's never going to open again. You know what I mean? For most kids, no matter where, what school, whatever it is. so is that i mean how unique is that to you that you you know that you had the relationship that you had with travis and the coaching staff where hey there's still a line of communication and it wasn't you know it wasn't obviously with something where there was people who felt you know necessarily burnt on maybe either side of that you know it's great um love the coaching staff and
1: you know when we had that talk about how i was going to be transferring out of here and back to billings it wasn't it wasn't a bad talk at all i mean it was you know emotional to say the least but the door wasn't closed we you know we still had a relationship I had a relationship with all, a lot of the guys on the team watched kept up with uh, the team the two years I was gone and was happy for their success and you know coaches and staff I had a kid a baby girl going into my second year at Rocky summer going into that second year and you know I'd get texts from the coaches telling me congrats you know asking me how I was doing and you know they're family to me and we always were family even through that you know time where I left
0: jared samuelson joining us in the espn roundtable you're the only person uh that has played for travis DeCure, gone away for a little while and came and come back this is travis DeCure. he's done an unbelievable job it's still his first head coaching job at the d1 level have you seen a change in him at all from the first time you were here and how he's a coach or maybe how he's you know relating to players or whatever to returning now this senior season
1: i don't know if i necessarily see a difference he's always been a great coach and a great person you know great great family member I'd consider him I think I just kind of see it different you know being older and being uh, being a senior kind of think a little different than you do when you're younger as a freshman.
2: Travis emphasizes that feeling of family and as a guy who played here I know he has so much pride in, in this place it means so much to him too but I mean how, how impactful is that to you guys, just knowing that he is more than just a coach, and how does that help just the, the program form as it has?
1: It, it helps a lot. You know, this whole group feels like family to me, and I'm going to consider them family for the rest of my life. And, you know, being, to say, being able to say that you get to go to war with your brothers, I mean, it means a lot to every single one of us. And, you know, Trav's family, everyone on the coaching staff's family, and just that tight-knit kind of feel that you have, it, it helps out a lot.
2: When you were away, you mentioned following these guys. You know, I mean, it seems as if you were, you were a Grizz fan, first and foremost. Back-to-back runs of the NCAA tournament, and I mean, some of the most entertaining teams in, in school history. So from afar, what was it like just observing those guys and, and the success that they had?
1: I was just happy to see the success that they had. You know, came in with Bobby Moorhead, Trevor Spoya, Mike Ogine, and, you know, I was I was good buddies with everyone on the team. So seeing that success made me pretty happy, pretty juiced for them. And when they first went to the NCAA tournament, I was I was beyond juiced. I remember watching that game at my mom's house against Michigan, and then they drew Michigan the second time and watched both of those games, and I was happy to see them have that success. You know, it meant a lot to me seeing my friends go to uh, the NCAA tournament.
2: Coach DeCure has elevated the bar here. I mean, Montana's always been a great basketball school with great success. But now, I mean, the expectation is to win Big Sky championships. And so to, to rejoin a program that is the two-time reigning champions and, and be chasing another title and having the target on your guys' back like you guys do, what's that part been like kind of reacclimating to a team that does have such such lofty expectations?
1: You know, I've always had high expectations playing basketball throughout my career. I've always wanted to win championships and, win, you know, win as many games as we could. So it, it's, it's awesome, though, being a part of a team that, you know, our goal is to win championships. And, you know, I'm trying to contribute as best I can to do so. And,
0: uh, yeah. You know, you talked about how you're ready. You know, you wanted to just do whatever you could do and just go – go as hard as you can in whatever way you'd like to and and or whatever way you can this season the minutes have been so variant game to game guy to guy who's getting them and who isn't and it's like matchup and stuff like that and it seems like there's a lot of players a lot of teams who maybe would find themselves discontented in that but A bunch of guys are getting a bunch of different minutes, game in, game out. How much of that did Travis say? This is what it's going to be this year, and I and I need you to like trust me on this. And how much do you feel like that has been maybe a key to the success and being on top of the big sky right now? I think the biggest thing is everyone's
1: happy for one another. You know, when guys aren't getting the minutes that they want, they're happy for their teammates and their success, and that's kind of been the environment that uh, Trav and you know, the staff and the whole team has created. And it's helped out, you know, a ton. We're not getting down, worried about our own minutes. We're worried about, you know, who's playing good. And, hey, you know, keep bringing them up.
2: When you were growing up, who who are some of your favorite Grizz players?
1: I'd have to say Will Cherry, for sure, was my favorite Grizz player. I remember watching the Weber State game. And I think it was Anthony Johnson who went off that second mm-hmm. half. That was a fun game. You know, I liked watching Matthias Ward, too. I liked his game a lot,
2: and yeah. Your dad, Sean Samuelson, one of the, one of the few thousand-point scorers in, in Grizz basketball history, and a guy that is remembered fondly around here, so what sort of impact specifically did he have just in, in, your, in your life of basketball and, and your journey to, to reach this point here?
1: Man, he's been, a, he's been a great father and a great role model. He's done absolutely everything he can for me, on and off the court, and you know, he uh, he's he's been supportive, and that's been the biggest thing. You know, he's not trying to you know push me one way, push me another. Of course, he's going to push me
0: on the court and whatnot, but he's he's had a big impact on this. When you became a father yourself, that becomes a real perspective getter, too. And especially, you know, to keep playing basketball while you're you know, still playing it. What's that been like for you to, to now have this really amazing but also very, you know, time-consuming role in addition to everything you're doing as a student athlete? Um,
1: it's changed my life completely. Um, sadly, they're not in Missoula. Uh, my fiancé and my daughter, they're back in Billings, so I don't get to see them that often but you know FaceTime whatnot, not I get to talk to her every day so that's great but yeah it's it's changed my whole mentality everything you know I want to make my daughter proud and I do everything for her you know I want to I want to you know in the future I want to show her the, the pictures and everything and just you know hope that she's proud of, uh, of what I've done
2: not being with them's got to be hard how do you channel it though because I mean it seems as if you do channel it it can be an incredibly motivating thing
1: that's, that's what I use it as. I use it as motivation. You know, I can't look down and look at the negatives. This is such a short time frame. I mean, I remember when I was here as a red shirt, it feels like yesterday. So got to enjoy this time while I have it and use them as motivation.
0: I know you got Portland State on Thursday. I know you're never supposed to look past an opponent and all that stuff. So now we're going to look past the opponent and look at the <laughs> Montana State Bobcats because it it, it is cat week in that respect it's so weird the schedule where they don't have a game Thursday you do have a game Thursday obviously that'll be reversed when you play in Bozeman in a couple of weeks but what do you think it's going to be like I know you've been in this game before but for it to be your senior year and to be an in-state guy because again it's it's something that you've grown up around where a lot of guys who play in this game they haven't grown up around it they grow into it so to speak while they're there but for you this has been a long-standing you know, it's going to be a dogfight. We've got to come ready to play for 40 minutes. The environment's
1: going to be pretty awesome, but we can't let that play into our game. And, you know, we just, uh, we
0: just got to play Grizzly basketball, do our thing, stick to our rules, and uh, be ready to go. At the end of the day, it's one of twenty in conference play. How do you focus in and lock in on the Vikings first and foremost at Portland State to go and say, "Hey, you know, coming off a tough loss at Weber, we got to go get this thing done again." And then, you know, deal with Montana State, but let's focus in on 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 Portland first. Yeah, no, we
1: we got to come ready to bounce back, and like you said, we can't we can't look ahead. So right now, we're focused on Portland State and getting ready for that game on Thursday. They're they're a solid team, and that's going to be a it's
0: going to be a dogfight as well, so we got to come in ready to go. So interesting, three seniors on this team: Usaid and Kendall, and then three big minute freshmen, and then just a couple of guys in between. Early in this season. It's pretty rough and I know that you had a like a you know, very tough schedule obviously in the non conference and stuff, but also you could see the team trying to kind of struggle to to get roles sorted out, to figure out all the you know, the parts and pieces, and it felt like right at conference play it really started to all come together and click. What was it? What turned the corner for your for your team in general, do you think, that has really upped the level of play that Montana has had to once again be on top of the big sky at the halfway point?
1: You know, we had a lot of talks um, as a team and just discussing, you know, roles, what we need to do. And mainly it just comes down to uh, practice, you know, practicing habits and just sticking to those habits. Um, Yeah, we had a rough, uh, we had a tough um, preseason schedule, and I think that helped us a lot, you know, in many ways, playing against teams that we did, the high-caliber teams. And then,
0: yeah. I know you want to you're a competitor, you're a Division One basketball player. You want to win every game you play. How fun, though, is it to go into some of those environments, regardless of outcome, and play in a Pac-12, in an SEC, in the pit, in Albuquerque, and, and you know, see some of those scenes and be on the floor in those games? It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, every game we
1: want to go in and we want to play our best and try to come out with a W, but um, during some of those games, it was just cool to soak in the atmosphere, the environment and the atmosphere, like I said, you know, playing in those Pac-12, the SEC and the pit. The pit was pretty cool too. And, you know, a lot of those games we thought we could have came away with the dub if we would have, you know, stuck to our rules and done some things right. But just being able to play at those places is pretty cool to say.
2: ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls in Missoula. If you need a place to watch the Grizz game on Thursday, they'll be out of town before the cat game comes around on Saturday. So head on down to Paradise Falls. They have 30 big screen TVs. They can turn it on for you. Great place to watch the game. Early happy hour, late happy hour, appetizers, and drink specials. So go to Paradise Falls, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Jared, the fact that Portland State is on Thursday, there's so much hype around the Kakariz game, and sometimes the hype can be a distraction. Travis has done Travis done such a good job of managing that sort of thing and not letting the hype be a distraction, but is there a certain element of the fact that you have to prepare for a road game on Thursday that makes it so that you can't really even think about the the Bobcat game until, until Friday and Saturday?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now we've just been focusing on the Portland State game. We can't look ahead, like I said earlier. Um, Got to take it one game at a time. Can't look ahead, you know. And uh, that's just how we, we got to do it. You know, the overall mentality right now has been focusing on Portland State, which is our next game. So once the cat game comes, that's when we're going to focus on that.
0: Who's the funniest guy on the Montana men's basketball team? <laughs> uh,
1: I'll say me, but if you, guys are, if you guys are asking for someone else, then I don't know. That's tough. I got to say probably Saeed now
0: what's funny about Saeed because we've talked to Saeed a bunch of times and he first of all completes a sentence in record time I mean he <laughs> his his capital letter to his period is no more than two seconds and it doesn't matter how many words are in that thing I mean he's blazing through it so but what's funny why is he funny he's he's
1: quick-witted and some of the stuff that he thinks of you you wouldn't it wouldn't even cross my mind so he's just he's a he's a hilarious guy i gotta say dj and Josh are pretty funny too the two freshmen but yeah behind behind closed doors hes he's a funny dude i know he uh in the interviews says in the sense is pretty quick but yeah yeah I gotta go with Saeed probably
2: <clears throat> on a serious note though when, when Saeed came here he, his his confidence was apparent right away and his talent was apparent right away and he's a guy that's had to fill probably a more diverse set of roles with this program as anybody on, on your guys' team. I mean, he went from having to kind of sacrifice and become the sixth man to then last year being the leading scorer amongst a group of stars. And then now he seems like he's the focal point, but also it seems like he's really emerged as a leader. I mean, when you guys are on the court, he's the guy that's calling you together. And I mean, when you talk about DJ, I mean, Derek Carter Hollinger, it seems like Saeed has specifically taken to mentoring him as well. What have you seen in Saeed just in terms of his leadership and the way that he's sort of grown up and grown into the role that he has now for your team?
1: Yeah, he's taken on the leadership role really well. He's he's one of our team's best leaders by far, um, you know, brings the guys together, you know, during moments where we need to come together, stick, you know, stick to one another, be close and um, push through adversity. So he handles adversity really well and then knows how to pass that on to everyone else on the team and be a great
0: leader. This coaching staff, uh, I know Zach is, you know, obviously new this year, but Jay and Chris have been with Travis for a little while, Chris Cobb the whole way through, and especially Jay seems like maybe a counterbalance at times to the personality that Travis can be and, and the drive that he is. And he says he's already said he's on this show, so I'm not letting any cats out of the bag that he, you know, likes to give Travis a hard time at times and stuff like that. But what the dynamic of this coaching staff as a group, because I think it's easy to focus in on, you know, the head guy sometimes, but w- what have they been able to do Do you think a, 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 as a group, both in terms of the basketball side, but also the relatability? and the bringing the team along uh, in, in various ways? You know, the
1: whole staff has played college basketball, so they're really relatable, and so they know a lot on the court and off the court. They've been in our shoes being a student athlete, so they're, yeah, really relatable, like you said, with Flo. Flo's a funny guy. It brings energy every single day, so that's, that's awesome. It's great for the guys. And, you know, everybody, everybody, everybody on the coaching staff is tremendous, family.
2: Sort of parallel stories between you and Kendall Manuel. I know he started his career in the Pac-12, but two guys that kind of had to leave before they could come home. And now here you are, two guys from Billings. It's been a minute since there's been two real-deal contributors from the state of Montana that are playing together for the Grizz or the Cats. What's the experience been like for you? I mean, because you guys were probably sort of pseudo-rivals in high school and and maybe even played with and against each other in clubs. So just navigating this basketball journey alongside him, what's that been like?
0: You hated him, didn't you? You can uh, say
1: uh, dur- during the state championship game our senior year. Yeah, I, I, I could say I hated him that game. But no, um, Kendall's been my boy since high school. You know, we played uh, AAU basketball together. We've been, be- you know, good friends since shoot when we were little. And we've got family members that have known each other. So you know, it's been it's been awesome to be able to play alongside Kendall. Um, he's my brother for life, always will be. And you know, on the court, being being on the court
0: together is sur- it's a surreal feeling. Do you ever discuss the fact that he's Nelson Mandela's grandson by marriage but like uh, in the line of Nelson Mandela? Is that, that this is stunning to me every single time I think about it. Is this something that I mean this is I would I would be relentlessly curious with him on this. Uh no, I I knew
1: that, but we haven't really discussed that. No, as a team and I know if I brought it up it'd be the topic of discussion
0: for a little while, <laughs> safe to say. <laughs> Well, there's your there's your homework assignment, then Jared. Okay, that's what I want.
2: You mentioned the way that everybody sort of evolved in it and started to embrace the the roles that maybe are the best for the team. But to me, the three seniors are so interesting because we talked about Said and his emergence as a leader, and you know your improvement as a player to then carve out a role and, and be a legitimate scoring threat and and be a, such a good contributor in this league and, and Kendall as well. I mean, he went from pac 12 to then. A guy that had to maybe sacrifice a little bit last year coming off the bench to now expected to be a guy that scores 18 to 20 points a game for you guys. But as an athlete, what's it like when you you realize this is the last ride and you're trying to embrace maybe what is your maximum potential?
1: You just got to soak it in and grind as much as possible. It's crazy to say that I'm a fifth-year senior right right now. I mean, time's flying already. We're about halfway through conference. So, yeah, you just got to soak it in and come ready to play every single day you know whether that be on the court in the weight room even in the classroom you got to enjoy every single moment it goes by way too quick
0: last thing for you jared uh the last half of this season uh conference season and then obviously the tournament in boise what the montana grizzlies need to do to be at their best come the tournament in march Take it game
1: by game, game by game, you know, can't overlook any games and bring it every single, uh, every single minute of each game. Sometimes we struggle to uh, start off well in the first half. For the second half, we need to bring it for all 40 minutes and then just stay positive and together as a team.
0: Thanks for being with us on the roundtable. Thanks for having me.